0: will love it if we beat them. Love it. And with special one? He is immature, outstanding and a little bit unpleasant.
1: We go all out of attack. Yes, we are back to our normal first show week of slot of a Monday. We've missed the last couple of weeks, so we're delighted like to be back to you on a Monday to brighten up your Monday evenings. But today is also a special show. If you remember back in the summer 2016, Paul Pogba made his return back to Manchester United from Juventus. A special presenter and pundit from last year has now returned to us from Harry Curry from his loan spell there during the summer. It's Michael McNamee. Uh, it cost Manchester United 90 million to bring back Paul Pogba. Michael, you didn't quite cost as much, but still it's uh, good to have you back. Make your first address to see all out tech listeners for the first time since our last show last year, which was the nineteenth of May. I, I you know what,
2: I was at another club as you know, as you just said there, Jerry. You're keeping I mean, your fit-
1: I mean, you're keeping your fitness up, Michael. Yeah,
2: I was keeping my fitness up. I'm, I'm I'm delighted to be back. And hopefully straight in back into the first game, Jared. What, what
1: do you think? Ah uh, no come on, no one gonna come back in that very easy. Like you have to you have to work away. There's a lot of grafting still to be done yet make but look it's a start of a good process. You know, pre-season does take six weeks, so we'll, we'll count this yeah. maybe as preseason. But look, it's good to have it back after Owen. Owen done very well the last couple of weeks, Dylan as well. well uh, were you impressed? Excellent. Were you impressed him the, the, the last couple of weeks, Mick? Uh,
2: Dylan is always excellent as we know. He always knows. He knows. He's the stat man. He knows the stuff. Um, I was more more impressed by Owen. It's fantastic.
1: Well, get cracking and starting into this uh, week's show. Top has come up. Of course, you may have realised last week Sky Sports' new television rights for 2019 to 2022 was launched. Sky got new games now that the new feature coming in the Saturday Night Games. But we're going to take another look at it and thinking our our fans, particularly away fans, actually need ever taken into consideration when Sky make these fixtures, when they have to consider some of the long distances and the completely unfair times these games are put at as well. Uh, our usual feature of them the water, we'll look back on what was a relatively disappointing weekend for the Irish contingent in the FA Cup, but there is one former League of Ireland player that's going to Wembley, so we'll talk about that, and also it's good to see a couple of uh, Irish internationals make the returns from injury in the form of Alan Judge and Dara Lenehan, so we'll talk about that. The League of Ireland season was back this weekend, while well, great start to the season with great goals, great games, great crowds and trip, typical Irish weather as well to round it all off. So I caught up with former Bowles, Shelburne, Dundalk and St. Pat's and of course former Celtic player, he'd love to hear that, Paul Byrne to get his thoughts on the opening weekend. And of course uh, our local community matters to talk, will feature again on Michael Gladby's uh, Freshman Heights have been in Crow Park two weeks ago. They only managed to draw with Shannon Gales yesterday. So we'll talk about that. And also disappointment for Lockhart with so our cup game being called off as well due to an unplayable pitch. So we'll dive straight back into, into it, Mick. Premier League, last, I think it was last Wednesday, was it? Um, the new television rights for the seasons 2019 to 2022 were released. Sky Sports are now going to show 128 games. It's two more than their current deal of 126 which is for 2016 to 2019 they get first choice of all games over the course of the weekend and um, they're going to be showing saturday games at five thirty. 32 games throughout the course season for the first time ever they're going to be showing saturday night seven forty five kickoffs there's going to be eight of those along with their traditional sunday games at two and a half, four and a couple of monday and friday night games there in between bt sports actually they've lost out their current deal has season at 42 games they're only getting 32 games now in the next deal all their games are going to be at half twelve on a Saturday. For twelve of their thirty-two games, they get the second choice of games over the weekend. For the other twelve, they only get the fifth choice of games. So they may only be showing mid-table clashes. And you hear about this in Sky Sports. They think it's great? It's brilliant. They're getting new games and all this. But the thing that's look, the Saturday night, seven forty-five games. Like it's it's completely disrespectful and unfair on fans. Like traveling to games that late, games and that late in the day. Like we've seen it recently with Liverpool and West Brom in the FA Cup. And if you cook cooking on Saturday at seven forty-five, that shouldn't be happening.
2: I know, Jared. I don't know if this makes sense, but in other countries where they do this, they say like oh, uh, seven forty-five. I think that they do it in England and they do it, in, or they do it. Sorry, they do it in Spain and they do it in Italy. Um, it's a different culture over there. I don't know. It, it, I think I find the UK more of an afternoon culture for football yeah. From from years back, the games have always been three o'clock on a Saturday or whatever basically more money, let's be perfectly honest. They're gonna get more advertisements, they're gonna introduce the, the English game to more people across the world, and examples of China, Japan, whatever it is. That's what they're doing, they're just trying to get more money. And it's blatantly obvious. And for the real football fans like me and yourself, it kind of annoys us, it hurts us. Because we know what you're doing. You're turning our beautiful game into a business. And it, and, it, and it kisses you off. It annoys me. That's what, that, that, that's what it does to me. I don't know what, be, what you think about that
1: show. You mentioned there about like, turning into a business. But even this season, I was just looking back at some of the fixtures Sky have set this season, and even BT, but more so Sky. And they have never taken fans into consideration. And I've actually, no. from looking at my research, Newcastle fans have been really, really done out. Because on the 10th of September, they had to travel to Swansea, It was a Sunday, for a 4 o'clock kick from St. James's Park to the Liberty Stadium, it's 353 miles. That's just over five and a half hours during. On a Sunday, that's completely disrespectful. Those fans are not getting back to 12 or half, 12 on a Sunday yeah. when they have to go to work the next morning. It's different when it's a Saturday 3 o'clock kickoff because you have the next day off. They have to go to Southampton five weeks there on Sunday, the 15th of October, also a 4 p.m. kickoff. And that is 328 miles. That's a 5 hour and 10 minute journey. And on Sunday, the 24th of September, they went to Brighton. 345 mile journey from uh, St. James, Amex Stadium. 5 hours and 24 minutes as well. So like, it's completely unfair. Newcastle fans had to face three 4 o'clock kickoffs on a Sunday in the space of five weeks all down the south of England. And they're in the northeast of England.
2: It's... That- it's very, very poor by the Premier League to do that to, to Newcastle supporters. You don't realise when you when you put it in like that, Jerry, and you tell me how uh, many hours they're on the road, and so five hours and a half, so they, they travel
1: up and back. It's an over-10-hour yeah. round trip, like. That's ridiculous. The Premier League needs to have a long-hard look at themselves, especially
2: for clubs like Newcastle, who are at the, the, the brink of England, the top of England, whatever, wherever about it is, and very passionate supporters um i think they're only doing that jerry i think i think newcastle would supporters would stick up stink about the time of their kickoffs on a sunday but because they're only back in the premier league they're just excited to be there yeah i don't know what it is but i don't think that will happen next season because i know how passionate newcastle supporters can be um and if they if they, if they stand for that then um i don't know what what else the premier league could throw at it Premier League fans Tuesday 7 or 9 o'clock games
1: probably happen I don't know it's, it's, gone, it's gone mad Jared. yeah really of course not to wait and see if Newcastle can be there next year just a couple of other examples your own club Everton mm. they had to travel yeah. to Brighton the 15th of October I remember hearing this it was a half one kickoff this game wasn't even televised but it actually meant Everton fans couldn't get the train there they couldn't get because they wouldn't be there on time if they got the first train from Liverpool to Brighton because there's so many changeovers Bournemouth went to Huddersfield last Sunday week yeah. um it's a four hour 19 minute journey, it's a 256 mile journey for a 12 o'clock kickoff on a Sunday, again disrespectful, you're travelling from the south to North England, the Bournemouth team bus left at 1 o'clock in the morning, I also look at midweek fixtures as well, uh, I remember Chelsea had to go up to Huddersfield on a Tuesday night, Arsenal hosted Huddersfield on a on a Wednesday night as well, uh, Monday night football as well, the first game at the London Stadium this season, Huddersfield coming all the way down to London, like, games like that Monday night games Friday night games I, I, we've seen an example of a Friday night game earlier the season Bournemouth versus uh, Brighton that's ideal for a Friday night game because it's a derby and that's what Monday and the yeah. Friday night game should be I know the midweek games can be a little bit difficult because there has to be a certain amount of them but even still trying at most clubs in the north or the south the furthest you should be travelling to is somewhere like Leicester or West Brom in the, in the midlands yeah,
2: they shouldn't meet at that on a on a Tuesday or Wednesday. I know it's hard for for fixture list to uh, to always get it right, but when you have, as you said, some of these games going on on a on a Monday or, or a Tuesday when there's 200, 300 miles in the travel, like what what do you expect? Do you you we all want the Premier League. I suppose I do, and I know you, Joe, want to be one of the greatest leagues in the world. You're not going to have much support on a game on on a, on a Tuesday or Wednesday, or if you do. They're going to be very, 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 very annoyed. I'm not going to use the other words he you gave, it, gave me gave out, gave out. But, um, yeah, it's a frustrating thing, Jared. It's a frustrating thing. Yeah. Just mention then, that- I don't think it's going to end. Sky is just going to dominate football. From It's happening. It's happened in the last four or five years, uh, and it's going to continue happening. And it's, it's, a, it's a frustrating thing when it's me or you, because we know what Sky are going to do. Yeah. Like, the Monday night thing, it's great and I like watching football on a Monday night when you come in from work and out, and they turn it kind of football into a television show and uh, it's grand and all. When you get in on a Monday night, are we really watching the football, Jared? Or are we just watching Jamie Carragher and Gary Neville
1: have a row? Or even Wayne Rooney and Jamie Carragher having yeah. a bit of banter or whatever it is like. So yeah, it's, it's a good, it's good point. About but what it's all about. Yeah, yeah, just You mentioned there about you see kind of Premier League football or English football, the culture is 3 o'clock kick and you're kind of right. Just just even take the five thirty. We're going to finish from this point well. But just even take the five thirty kickoff. That actually wasn't introduced until the two thousand and one, two thousand and two season. The half twelve, the lunchtime kickoff. That was up until the two thousand one, two thousand two season. That was only a rare issue That was only kind of for derby games. That's become a regular feature as well. Sundays traditionally you only had the one game at four p.m. Now you have your two games. In some cases, you have three games against a little bit of an overburden and your Monday night games are always kind of there. So. It's, it is um, just good in things pointing out. And that's the way it's going. It's been talked about for the last couple of while, seven, five, five games. Now seeing the FA Cup. Um, it's good to get another take on this one as well. Not to think it's all rosy and great in the garden. So um, that is, of course, the way we would look at the new Sky Sports Premier League deal that kicks in uh, for the start of August 2019. I think it comes into uh, effect. So I'll move on to our regular feature of them across the water. And the FA Cup fifth round took place this weekend not really much in the way of uh, cup upsets really to be brutally honest a couple of nice replays for lower league opposition but it was a disappointing weekend for most of the Irish contingent in action Ender Stevens played the full 90 minutes for Sheffield United and their 1-0 loss to uh, Leicester on Friday night David Myler also played the full 90 minutes for Hull at right back of all places and their comprehensive 4-0 defeat against Chelsea a bad win for Chelsea uh, Will Kane brother of Mike Kane was an unused sub for Hull in that game he scored had possibly opened the thoughts of declaring for Ireland. James McLean played the full 90 minutes for West Brom and their 2 1 loss to Southampton. And the only Irish player who was involved in the weekend that had a positive result was Ryan Delaney, the former Cork City defender. He played the full 90 minutes in Rochdale's 2 2 draw with Tottenham. That really was, if anything, the only upset of the weekend. And I time there is a bit of a great fairy tale story like that. It's always fantastic to think there was an Irish person involved. Yeah,
2: yeah, no, it was a, it's an amazing game to watch actually the Rochdale Tottenham game. Is uh, that what we talked about this um Jared, when FA Cup was going on last year on this show. These are the games you want to watch in the FA Cup, isn't it? These amazing kind of Cinderella stories almost. Yeah, that's what that's why we love the FA Cup. A lot of people go, Oh, the FA Cup's on, especially when it when it comes you come out and bring back the Premier League kind of especially when your team is out I suppose as well as both of our teams are you get them moments as the, the, you just said there in the Rochdale top and, the, and, the lady and stuff like that. Top, top game and it's, it's good to have an Irish player involved in these spectacular games. I don't know what you, your opinion is on the Epic Cup still but mine still is kind of a the Cinderella thing and to have Irish players involved and experience the greatest cup competition in the world to me. Now, I'm not, I'm, the European Cup is a completely different thing to me. I'm talking about Cup competition, league cups or whatever.
1: This is the greatest cup competition in the world, and it's good to have. So knockout football, like for me, definitely. Cup mm-hmm. still means that. I think the great things well I watch it, that was a strong Tottenham team. Like there's still a lot of good players out there, like, like so Harry Wings mm-hmm. uh, Lucas, yeah. Son was playing as well. Kieran Trippier, like it was a strong Tottenham team. Harry Kane came on again, like and that's the second time Tottenham as well has drawn with lower league opposition. So they seem to struggle going to these lower league grounds. They really struggled when they went to Newport. As well in the fourth round. But I was just thinking, like, Ryan Delaney, like, for the last 12 months has been phenomenal for him. Like, he wins the league title with Cork, he goes to Rochdale, he's playing against Tottenham in the FA Cup in one for his first few games, and now he's getting the chance to run out in Wembley. Like, and like Keith Hill was saying afterwards on the match today, it probably actually is a better result for them because to play in Wembley, like, it's phenomenal, like, for, for a team that's second bottom in League that, One. That's experience beyond experience. Like, when you, when you say you've played at a stadium,
2: that's historic and it's special as Wembley, yes, I know, talking about using it as their home stadium this year, so it's not like it's a final of have a competition, but it's still Wembley, and to have a player like Ryan Delaney in his, in his career, at the start of his career, at the start of his professional career, whatever you like to say, playing at a, at a stadium like Wembley, it's great for Ireland, and it's great for a player like him to get that experience. And um, I'm actually quite jealous to be perfectly honest, Jared. You had the opportunity to walk out of the Crow Park, and I'd say that was an amazing feeling. To be able to say to your friends, I played at Wembley, or I played at Crow Park, it's something else.
1: Yeah, it's phenomenal. Um, yeah. Phenomenal experience, yeah, something I'm, you'll take to. It's great from at such a young yeah. age. Yeah, so well done to Ryan Delaney and all concerned the Rochdale and I hope you enjoy your day out in Wembley next week and who knows, maybe even put off a cup upset and get to the quarterfinals. Just looking at the Irish contingent involved in the Football League over the weekend, Alan Brown has scored his third goal of the season for Preston and their 1-1 draw with Championship Leader's Wolves. A good result there for Preston. Dar Horkman came on to 70 minutes to open that game as well. Alan George, we made a reference him a couple of weeks ago. He's making his return from injury. He made his fourth appearance after breaking his leg in April 2016. He came on to 77 minutes up in Brentford's 2-0 win against Sunderland. Uh, former 121 international Daryl Lennon also made his return for Blackburn last week in their 2-1 victory against uh, Portsmouth. He suffered a fractured metatarsal on the opening day of the season for Blackburn against South End. It, in, it required surgery in September. So he made his return last week for high-flying Blackburn League One. Great to see the 23-year-old there from Mead. Uh, former Ireland Under-21 international John Joe O'Toole. He's been a good goal-scoring form late for a struggling League One side, Northampton. He got his fifth goal of the season in their 2-2 draw away to Scunthorpe. A badly needed a point for them. Uh, would you actually be familiar with John Joe O'Toole at all, Mick? I haven't seen him played. Yeah. Yeah, he played on the train once back in the mid to late noughties, and never really kind of caught fire. I suppose the senior scene after that, but it's still nice to keep in touch with how these players are doing as well, and. Um, yeah, yeah. A current Under-21 international, Reese Gregor Cox, he's on loan to Woking, a non-league side in the National League from QPR. He scored his first, weekend, first goal at the weekend for his new club and their 3-2 defeat to Jeff Steady and Hartley as well. Interesting decision for him to take the drop from championship down to non-league. Um, let's just talk about Alan Brown before on the show a couple of weeks ago. So let's just focus a small bit on Alan Judge and Daryl Lennon. Judge? Um, he scored 14 goals in the 2015-16 season with Brentford. He was phenomenal. He was on fire. He got called up to the Ireland squad for the Bosnia game in the playoffs. Came out as a sub in a friendly in March 2016 against Switzerland. Nominated for the uh, Player of the Season Championship that year. But was looking like he was in strong contention to make the um, European Championship squad before that broken leg in April 2016. And he's kind of become a bit of a, a forgotten man in terms of the Ireland scene. He's 29 now, so maybe... His days of playing for Ireland might be numbered, but still, just from his own sake, from his career point of view, it's great to see him coming back, and that and Brentford have stuck by him and are gradually easing the way back into him.
2: Yeah, no, it's great to see. It's, it's always tough when a when a player gets such a bad, bad, bad injury like that, like a broken leg or something. But yeah, to be fair, be honest, Jared, I remember when we were talking about him, and we were saying it'd be great to see players like him in the squad for Ireland. Uh, during the time when we were playing Bosie and all that, I forgot about him. I'm not gonna lie to you. I forgot about. him. just you that, just when players like that go off the scene and they're in, uh, and, and I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be I suppose I'm ignorant when it comes to say like I look at the championship, but I wouldn't watch every single game that goes on in the championship because I have my my I'm I'm following Everton, so I'm looking at what's going on there.
1: You could be following the championship um, more more closely in a few years, Mick, maybe.
2: Uh, and Jared. I thought I thought this season I could be following it next. Year. I don't <laughs> yeah. Know how bad we were. But um, it's sad to see twenty nine, Jared. That, that's yeah. young. I do think if he, if he starts scoring goals, you see, you said he scored fourteen
1: goals in the fifteen sixteen season. It's very that's a good return. Like if he if he if he starts well again, like who knows? We're it's a perfect time to be a striker and being Irish at the moment. Yeah, I suppose like would score
2: goals. If you're 28, 36, 25, doesn't matter. If you say you want to play for your country and you're scoring goals, you'll lead the line for Ireland because we don't have a lot of strikers. You are scoring goals, Jared.
1: Yeah, if you can get so. a few starts with Brentford between now and then the season, get a good pre-season, pre-season on his belt and start scoring goals, maybe the start of next season gets going again. Like You never know. Like at the end of the day, we're saying he's 29. You're probably right. He is maybe quite young. Maybe a small bit kind of jumping ahead. Like it was only last week we were talking the show about Wes Ulan. It was 31 before he made his competitive debut. So anything's possible. But look, it's great to see him back because, as he showed a couple of seasons ago, look, he's a good talent. And like, within the day, there's not an awful lot out there, as you mentioned, in terms of goal, goal scorers out there as well. Uh, as well, it was great to see uh, Daryl Lenham come back. He was a really good player. done the 21s a couple of years ago. Played for them from 2014 to 2016. He actually uh, attracted quite a lot of interest uh, from championship clubs during the summer. A lot of clubs were after Blackburn, but he stuck by with them. It's great to see him come back as well. And 23, like he definitely has his best day ahead of, of him.
2: Uh, 100% he's, only, he's younger than us. He's younger than me anyway, Joey.
1: Yeah, he's, he's probably older than you. Just about, yeah. He is older than you. Yeah, yeah um,
2: of course, it's good to see him come back. And quite, like, when you look at, he got injured in August, did you say?
1: Yeah, opening open day, day of the now. season away to South end. Right, so he's back now. It's February. It's
2: good. It's not that bad. How many months is that? Four or five months? For, mm. To go through that injury... At a young age, as I said about the other lads, uh, it's only experience. Um, brilliant, brilliant to see, and I think that's quite a quick return after such a serious injury. I've seen players come out, get, get, come out of that in seven, eight months. That's a really bad injury, in am It's Yeah. To
1: see him come back. Yeah. And like I think the fact is whether he stuck with Blackburn, like he was with them last season, the championship, got relegation. Championship clubs came after him. Clearly must show that he's of good nature and hopefully now another player, if he gets his fitness back, but then we might see him in that Euro Nations league and maybe a couple of summer friendlies. So we'll move on because uh, time is slightly beating us as well. The new League of Ireland season kicked off, or the Premier Division kicked off anyway, over the weekend. The First Division doesn't kick off until this coming Friday. So um, just before we kind of dive in and look at our point of view, on Saturday morning I caught up with Paul he's played with enormous, numerous clubs throughout the leagues. And uh, to get his thoughts on the games, and I started talking about that game at daily Mount between Bohemians and Shamrock Rovers.
0: I didn't think Bowers were going to struggle this year. I think uh, Long is he's a shrewd manager, a young manager, and he's brought some uh, good signings in in, in the summer. Um, a derby game, is, it can always go either way. You've played in many of the games, and it's, it's the battling qualities first and foremost, and then a bit of individual skill normally, normally turns the game and wins the game for you. But last night, Dan Casey, a centre-half pops up. Very rarely a uh, centre-half will pop up in a derby game and, and, and score you two goals. Um, as I said on the radio this morning, I knew it was an exciting game. I wasn't there myself, but um, when the two girls nearly jumped out of the chip van, um, I knew that there was a lot of excitement going on at Daly Mountain. And, uh, yeah, it was great to see my old club uh, come out on top last night.
1: Yeah, Shamrock Rovers might not have strengthened that much during the off season, but they did strengthen the a bit defensively with bringing in the likes of Ethan Boyle and Joey O'Brien. So it must really annoy Stephen Bradley that it was defensively a couple of mistakes that cost him last night.
0: Yeah, I don't think it was, in, it was I don't think it was individual mistakes last night. I think it was just a lack of concentration late on in the game from the corner kick and um, and you can see it and lose, lose the game uh, lose the game 3-1. Um, I think Bradley still has a lot of work to do. Um, I think he needs to be bringing in a couple of more players. He needs to tighten the defense up a little bit more. And uh, if it's individual mistakes or lack of, lack of concentration, he's got, to, he's got to work on those players and, and tune them into, into the right tune to get them focused for big games like that. Because if he doesn't, it, they're going to concede goals uh, late on in games and it's going to cost them a lot of points this year.
1: Yes, that game was in Dame on the other side, the Liffey Niche core, Richmond Park, St. Pat's losing 3 2 to Champions Cork. Obviously disappointed, Pat's well, but I think a lot of Pat's fans would have left that game quite happy because unlike last season, the fight is there early on. They came from two goals down to get back to two two, and just a late goal in the end from Kieran Sadler sunk them.
0: Yeah, I went to a lot of games last year. My son court was played there last year. Um, you know, he went two 0 down early on in the game. Pff, defenses mistakes to get one just before half time. Two one brings him back straight back into the game, gives them a chance. Uh, going into the second half and then to score a goal early on in the in the, in the second half to they, make it two two. Um, I watched Pat's a lot last year and. The, the biggest thing was of the lack of concentration in sort of the last maybe 12 to 10 minutes of, of a game where they conceded a lot of goals last year and uh, last night you know, I think they'd be very disappointed they'd be very happy in, in, you know, in their battling qualities and getting back into the game against the, the league champions but I think they'd be bitterly disappointed to go 3-2 down from uh, a lack of concentration at the back
1: Bray, New Look Bray going up Dundalk and getting a point, good start for them. And Waterford beating Derry two one. The new boys we've seen it last season. Limerick they got off to a good start and that's what really kept them up. So Waterford you can't emphasise how good a start is when you're new boys.
0: Yeah, it's great. You know, as I said, I said on the radio this morning, Lee over and invested, Nulty um, Fallon, they got a good crew. Seemed to bought in a couple of a couple of decent lads. And um, you know, you can always sort of like the, the Derry lads travelling, and you can always also underestimate a team that's just come up. So you have got to get your mindset really focused to you know to, Put these teams to bed If you don't you know We know they've got The battling qualities From coming up last year From, 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 from a harder league And um, basically That's what happened Last night Derry, Derry I think Underestimated a little bit And uh, they were turned over to him
1: Yesterday were the thoughts Of former uh, League of Ireland player Paul Byrne Of course the father Of uh, Curtis Byrne Former St. Pat's player Who's now with Lingfield So we started that game At uh, Daily Mount Bowls versus Rovers um, As Paul just said They're like You know Packed house In, in Daily Mount um, Great buzz Great interest around it it's exactly what you want to see. Never had excitement Jared, like it for the
2: start of a League of Ireland game. It kinda of felt like the normal Irish supporters is kind of look kinda of looking kinda now, kinda of, their eyes are kinda of looking at the league a bit more, which is great. And there was an excitement, especially when I was a, I was couldn't obviously I couldn't actually get tickets for the game. That that's unheard of. That was unheard of a few years back for a League of Ireland game. I know it's a Derby and it's a big Derby and everyone's out for it, always get tickets. I couldn't get tickets It sold out. I, I watched it in the pub. There was many Rover supporters in the pub watching it. It was it was nice to see that we were supporting our league. with was our players and it was great to see it and it was a real exciting time the uh, Friday night I thought. What did you think about that, Jay? Did you think it was it
1: the fresh yeah I was like I was, up in, I was up in Dublin Friday night and Saturday morning for the work experience which um sunshine mm-hmm. and the, there was a great buzz around the place and everything like awesome. it, it was fantastic great air like it's, the tip of everyone's lips in sunshine in the studios on Saturday morning like you go on to Facebook Twitter every second story it's all you could see you see 2500 people in Waterford on Friday night like and the game was in danger of being called off so go show the weather was awful like you have to remember this is the middle of February I know you can say oh it's, it's the opening again the season all the fans are going to be full of optimism they're going to come out but I got to remember. It's the middle of February. It was freezing cold. It was raining. Things can keep up like this. You know, what are the crowds gonna be like come May and June in the long, hot summers' evenings? Like it's just brilliant thoughts and prospects to see over three thousand people as well at Saigo versus Limerick as well on um, on Saturday night as well. Great way win we there for Limerick as well. Like you know, it's fantastic. It's fantastic. To see. Some some great results as like, well. It a real like I know my team
2: didn't do so well and um, be perfectly honest, Jared. Always were well beaten in the end. They were yeah. They, they were. didn't offer much. Um but when I look at the games like like some surprising results was the Limerick game was was, was a nice nice as we we talked with the FA Cup, like special results. That was a special result for Limerick. Especially as traveling supporters to go and see that. Yeah the Bray the Bray game, the nil all draw, I don't know if you were talking about will win the league. I don't know. I can't put my finger on who will win the league. I know it's Cork and the Dogs to win, but anyone get a good set of results together in this league, they'll go far. They'll go really far. Like, and it hurts me to say it, but both looked well, looked good. They looked really good. I don't think they. I don't think they'll win the league, but I think they'll be there, 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 there. The same as Rovers go. I know Rowers had a bad start, and it's only the first game of the season. I know a lot of Bows fans and they're quite excited and they're quite optimistic about the start of this league. And I don't know
1: about you, what do you think? Uh, you still have- first, we're well used to both predictions in this show after uh, Chris's predictions last <laughs> week that he thinks Cork and Dundalk are going to struggle. But in fairness we got, yeah he's so far, you know, he's still brave yeah. on be mid-table. And, like, so far they're living up to that, with that great result away to Dundalk. I still can't look past Cork and Dundalk, to be brutally honest with you. And I think, I know it's only early days, but, like, that's already two drop points for Dundalk at home against Bray. Like it's a bank of three points and it's going to make for some sort of game in, in Tallest Stadium Friday night because you've got Shamrock Rovers and Dundalk a huge fixture. That's going to bring a great crowd. Dundalk are going to bring a massive, massive. travelling crowd at like that. And your two teams straight away they're under pressure to get three points. Massive. Um, I think it's a bad
2: time for Dundalk to travel to Rovers. I know Rovers had a bad result. They'll be hurting over that. Bohemians, big city derby, and they have a team like Dundalk, a big team like Dundalk now traveling to Tallis Stadium. I, don't, I, don't, I wouldn't be surprised if, if I know I'm, I'm being biased there, but Rovers and Nick go in there, a one nil win or something like that, because the bad times be playing Rovers and Dundalk are under pressure now after dropping points against Bray at yeah. home. Um, now, they'll probably come back to keep me in the base, as you know, I'm not the greatest at predicting football results on this show, but I have a feeling, it's just a feeling looking at the at the situations of both clubs that were could be hurt when they could get a goal against Dunday and hold on to it.
1: Yeah, we'll just have to wait and see. As well. A couple of other interesting fixtures as well, a bit of a north-west uh, derby as well, Saigo making the trip up to take on Derry as well, uh, Bray home against Pats, uh, Owen and Dinham will be absolutely keen to see uh, Pats kick on after going, showing a good fighting spirit for coming from two goals down against Cork last week. Like I was saying to it, did isn't Friday night. If that was last season, 2-0 down after about 10 or 15 minutes at home, Pats would have lost that game 3-4-0. or four nil. I know Cork got a man sent off, but to come back and get two goals and the end to be undone by a lake here on Saturday, it must have been heartbreaking, but so much great encouragement to take from as well. But the, I think as well, that brings me nice on to Cork. Their home game of the season, Opening home game of the season and once the derby against Waterford, like Turner's Cross always has a great turnout, they're ph- phenomenal support down there. But like Waterford, you know, what a start for them. And like this is going to be a really juicy one. Like we talk about Cork and Waterford, you know, you associate with Hurling and the great games. We could be having a classic here in football next Friday night. Oh, like,
2: oh, I know, I heard a thing on the I was reading a thing on the, I think it was the Journal about that game and I thought I was going to take Cork Waterford. Like literally, when I seen it, I go. Playing each other in the
1: hurling. Yeah, it's Chairman of Sullivan going American Dan Shanahan again. Yeah, no,
2: looking at again, Yeah, that, that's a big game, and it's good to see it in a, in
1: a game of soccer, as they call it. But it'd be good to see it in a game of that. that. that was a triangle with American accent there, Mick, no more so than a, a Warford or a Cork accent. <laughs> I
2: don't know what to say because when I when I say football, you think I'm talking Warford, Kirk, Cork, and, and football. What do you think I, when I say that? Seems like Gaelic football, so I have to say soccer, which I hate saying. It, <laughs> yeah, it'd be it'd be interesting, it'd be interesting. Um, I don't see much more than a court win, but it'll be a juicy game. A juicy
1: game. I think as well. I think this will give us a good indication. Waterford for team? I think are really going to do well. I think they've really signed well. Like they're a the good team. I think they walked away with the first division last year. They've got yeah. the, they've got their finances or The club is back being properly run and everything else like that first time up in the first division now again in 11 years Premier division sorry in 11 years you know if they can Thank give a good account and that. That. just to finish up as well on this um, first division of course starts off on Friday night ahead we'll look ahead to that on our Thursday show as well we hope to bring been another fan feature as well like we did last week when we brought a brave fan on all going well we'll have uh, Oshin McLaughlin he's a Finn Harps fan so hopefully he'll be able to join in Thursday right. as well uh, Paul give me a couple of words as well on the first division I'll have that as well Alan Matthews and maybe a couple of other features as well Look okay, ahead the first division, 10 team, first division this season should make for a really exciting one. We're almost out of time mix, so we're going to finish up with our usual local talk as well. People who might be off if you're in the show might be just new. It's how we reward our loyal listeners from last year, because it really was the people from Roscommon that kept us going last year through the hard times, and we like to pay them back by giving them a little bit of moments in the sunshine as well. And we mentioned Michael Glavies, we were in Crow Park two weeks ago for the Ireland Intermediate Final against Moy. That was disappointing, but the 2018 season kicked off at the weekend, it kicked off yesterday morning, we had to go up to Ballyfarnan. It's not a nice journey Mick, it's a really really long journey, bad roads, particularly from Boyle onwards. To play Shannon Gales, it's not even Shannon Gales' home ground. Shannon Gales' home ground in Crofton has been done up, so they had to use and go to their neighbour St Ronan's pitch. But you can only manage a draw, 2 8 to 14 point draw, disappointing start of the season. I have to give a good shout out here to a youngster that didn't want, he got our two goals and he saved our bacon. I have to say, Mick, did he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wing forward. Um, what, what was
2: the problem with the game, uh, Jared? Was it fatigue from obviously having such a great cup
1: run and, and, and ending up in Quayle
2: Park and
1: yeah, a, uh, a problem and maybe a bit of complacency yesterday like the fact now that we're a senior team and Shannon Gales are kind of lower half intermediate they only, they only won the junior league last year so they're new boys a new league and maybe maybe things like that as well like you know uh, of course good old listeners of the show as well yesterday Sean Burke um, had a decent enough game now I think as well but Ronan Murphy didn't see action now yesterday which I was kind of surprised about like Ronan has been keen to get in the action over the last couple of weeks and Hearing them names, Jared, reminds me of, of what we started How many year, is a year and a half ago now, Jared. Yeah, September 2016.
2: It's, it's hearing them names. They're, they're the names that made us. And um, it'd be good to get up and have a point with them soon, I have to say. And I hope they're doing well in, in, in their sport. Because um I was very proud, Jared, of his getting to Crow Park. I usually, usually, you talked about going to Crow Park I mean, a lot of times, Jared. When we were in college and I actually end up there for you and the lads, it was a, it was a, it was a
1: special day. Um, but the most annoying thing, unfortunately, uh, that was after straight when we came back from that game, as we were discussing at home, we had to play a game with Lock Harps, a cup game, first round of the we Roscommon Cup, home against Hudson Bay, we trashed us 5 0 on the open day of the league season, so there was a bit of revenge in mind yesterday. Halfway down the Boyle Road, and we find out the game's cut off, waterlogged pitch, just not acceptable, really, is it?
2: There's nothing worse, like, there's nothing worse and i'd say he was
1: very in the behalf of what is there? yeah it's just like especially when you're that we left the was game a bit earlier to get down to be down there on time you know we're a big game for us like we had not had a game we haven't had a game since the 14th of uh january so like we've been kind of keen to get out you know we've been mad for all like the fact that they bet was 5 nil in the opening of the season keen to get going it's been a disappointing season lockhart we're in a relegation battle so like a cup distraction can be good for us as well but Look, we'll have to wait for another day. Another day as well, what we're going to have to wait for, for more All Out Attack talk because we're just coming out of time. So, yeah, we'll meet up again. Uh, probably the way it's looking like that both of us are going to be gone on Friday, that um, we'll meet up again with you on Thursday. And, of course, as much promised, we'll have that first division preview to the new season. But until then, thanks very much for listening and keep tuned.